Welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. What's up, Nittany Lion fans? Welcome back to the Nittany Blues Podcast. We are here for another edition of the PSU Roundtable, as well as some exciting updates and some predictions about Penn State's upcoming basketball game against the Michigan State Spartans. So, Vince, why don't you kick us off here? What do you got for the Roundtable? We got tons of news today. Uh, men's basketball, they will have their first Big Ten game on Wednesday at 6, 6.30 in the BJC. Uh, they are 6-2 and two on the season. They'll be playing number 20, Michigan. And this weekend on Saturday, they'll be at number 16, Illinois, at noon. Uh, women's basketball had a little bit of a stumble. They uh, lost in double overtime, just like the men did, uh, on the road at Minnesota, 98-96. to 96. And they missed the game-tying layup uh, kind of as time expired. So heartbreaking loss for the Lady Lions as they dropped their second consecutive game. They'll be home uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. versus Indiana where they will return to Big Ten play, and they will also be home this weekend versus West Virginia Sunday at 4 p.m. The women's volleyball team continued uh, their role in the NCAA tournament. They moved on to the Sweet 16 as they beat UMBC three sets to none and UCF uh, three sets to one. So this Thursday, they'll be in Madison, Wisconsin, where they battle the batters at 6 p.m. This game will be televised on ESPNU. And if they are able to advance, you will get to watch them on Saturday. Men's hockey is back in the top five. They moved to 14-4 in the season. They split their series with number 17, Ohio State, this weekend. Uh, I was at the Friday game. It, it was a blast. Uh, Liam Solier, he was absolutely lights out. And and it really seemed like do- Ohio State was dominating early, but our, our goalkeeper just made tons of great saves and the Nittany Lions were able to eke out a victory three to two and they dropped another close one on Saturday, four to three to split that series this weekend, Friday and Saturday at 7 PM and 6 PM, they will be playing number 16 Notre Dame. So this, this is what big 10 hockey is. You're just playing uh, a top 20 team every single weekend in the big 10. So a lot of splits, uh, you know, in, in these big 10 games, but uh, you know, um, would you want it any other way? Uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> we're uh, we're kind of like the uh, SEC of uh, hockey, you could say. That's right. And women's volleyball, apparently. And women's volleyball. That's right. Uh, the women's hockey team is also doing well. They moved to thirteen eight and one in the season. They swept Syracuse four to nothing and eleven to three. And men's wrestling has done men's wrestling things. They continue to see number one in the country. They moved to 3-0 as they crushed Ryder 37-3, and they beat Lehigh 24-12. They'll be home this weekend on Sunday at 2 p.m. on ESPNU versus Oregon State. Um, Andrew, what can you? How, how can you not be excited about Penn State Athletics? Yeah, I mean, lots of great things happening. It would be awesome to see the women's volleyball team get back into the semifinals or the finals of the NCAA tournament, um, especially in the first year of the new head coach. Uh, what a way to kind of kick off the post uh, Russ Rose era of 
women's volleyball if that were to happen. But, you know, either way, the fact that they're making a run in the tournament is uh, always encouraging. And yeah, I mean, uh, hockey being as ranked as highly as they are, I mean, it, it seems kind of like uh, it has vibes of when they reach number one in the country for a brief period of time and they made it to what was it like the final eight teams of the NCAA tournament in men's hockey. Like it has a little bit of that feel to it that like if they can uh, put maybe one or two pieces together um, and maybe sweep a couple of these series, because it seems like they're like splitting a couple of these series with these high ranking teams, which is exactly what you want to be doing. If you're Penn state and kind of uh, coming into the season with a little lower of expectations against the likes of, you know, like, Michigan, Minnesota, um, who are both number one ranked teams when Penn State beat them. But it'd be great if they could kind of get out of those series uh, two and zero oh instead of one and one. So it'll be exciting to see how they uh, continue to do that down the stretch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so fact or fiction: Will Penn State hockey finish a higher ranking at the end of the season than football? I'm going to say fact. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, that's uh, one thing that this hockey team has kind of shown itself to be able to do that the football team hasn't, and that's uh, beat top ranked teams. Yeah, you got it. Um, so speaking of ranked teams, we have Penn State at number 11 playing Utah number eight in the Rose Bowl. And this originally started out as a parade in 1890. And Andrew, do you know what the purpose of this parade was? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it was to display a bunch of roses. No, not at all. <laughs> so this was uh, just pretty much a, a spite at the Northeast. And like it was just pretty much like Los Angeles area, pretty much sticking a middle finger to the East Coast. And the pr- purpose of the parade was to just display in the middle of winter of how nice it is in California in the middle of our, our brutal winters here that we have here in the Northeast. Oh, okay. So it was kind of one of those things where like a Los Angeles, New York battle type thing, like a rivalry. And, you know, they're kind of like sticking up like the middle finger to us with this parade and they're outside in, in January. And, it, you know, just kind of to, um, you know, do that with a rivalry with New York and the Northeast. And, you know, there's you know, pretty much saying that they're, they're better and like their weather's better. And, that's pretty much their, their only sticking point. They got, they got, they got on us. They got the weather and the beaches and mm-hmm. we seem to have the good football teams because they added, <laughs> they added a football game uh-huh. to it. It wasn't the Rose bowl. It was, it was called the, uh, the West or East West tournament game or, or something of that nature. And the, the first game was Michigan versus Stanford. Andrew, do you know what the score of that game was in 1902? It was probably something like nine to six. No, it was uh it was very lopsided victory. It was a 49 to nothing ah. Wolverine victory over the Stanford Cardinal. And after that game, I they must have thought it was too boring or something because they did a different sport for the next 13 years. Do you know what sport they did the 13 years after that? Um maybe like a gentleman's duel thrown in there at some point. Uh maybe some fencing. Uh maybe they got a little creative with it and they did some uh uh like bare knuckle boxing or something like that. <laughs> Am I on the right track? You're actually not too far off with the, okay. the whole gladiator theme and uh-huh. the, the Coliseum. They actually had gladiator races uh, or not gladiator races, excuse me, chariot races <laughs> for the next 13 years due to the, the blowout and, you know, it not being a good football game. Just wow. Watching Michigan steamroll Stanford. So 
they actually did chariot races for the next uh, 13 years before they they did return to the uh, the, the East West tournament football game. Uh, Ohio State was in there once. Uh, there there were some other teams. Penn was there. So a, a wide variety of teams to play before Penn State did in the first Rose Bowl in, in 1921, where we did face off against the USC Trojans. And now we're going to be back here in the 100th anniversary with a, a new opponent, the Utah Utes. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not think Penn State has played Utah in their uh, program history. Correct. Yeah, this will be the first time that these two teams are facing each other. Yeah, so we're on the path to uh, start a rivalry here. One and oh. Coach Franklin says. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's time to put that into action in the most truest of sense. Yeah, but I, w- I was reading that that tidbit and it just made me laugh. There's all the all the factoids like they were pretty much doing this to say, hey, the West Coast is better than the East Coast and we have better weather and just kind of rubbing it in our face here as we're like, you know, all miserable and, you know, cooped in our houses <laughs> all winter. Yeah, that's some and interesting we, we, lore. And we beat them in football, and then they're like, uh, "This is this is kind of boring. This isn't fun." And then they do ch- uh, chariot races. And of all they, things, yeah. Of all things, and then they go back to football. And there, there was actually a story uh, that does not allow the Rose Bowl to happen on Sunday. Did Did you hear that story? Yeah, I knew that the Rose Bowl um, was never to be played on Sunday, but I don't know the full history of why. So the reason was because back in the 1890s, uh, everyone like went to church and right. most people traveled to be a horseback. So they didn't want like all these horses out in public and, you know, people around making tons of noise with the parade and, and what have you. So they didn't want the horses to like be startled and going all crazy. So that is why the Rose Bowl parade cannot happen on a Sunday. Oh. Uh, however, the, the tradition, you know, that, uh, what was that? The Rose Bowl Parade Committee, right? You know, has just kept that going to this day, even though the, the impact is not near as significant as it would have been, right, over a hundred years ago. Yeah, that that is interesting. Uh, based on all these notes that you've given me, I think I've come up with a brilliant addendum to the Rose Bowl game format. I think that before the actual football game is played, the two head coaches should conduct a chariot race to see who gets to start the game with a seven zero advantage. So you have James Franklin and Kyle Whittingham in their respective chariots riding around the football field. And whoever wins that race just starts with a touchdown advantage. <laughs> All right. Chariot race winner. Who you got? Oh, it's got to be James. I mean, he's a he's a lion, man. He's he's speed. Yeah. And, and instead of races, you, maybe you have like, you know, your star running backs pulling you. So we got Nick Singleton and Catron Allen just you know, bulldoze and coach Franklin a victory in the chariot race over their running backs. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on in, in Nittany line athletics. And, uh, this is, is a big game coming up. Penn state is undefeated at home. They are looking to keep that streak alive. Um, Andrew, what, what are your original thoughts about, uh, Penn state basketball facing Michigan state this week? Well, I would say, you know, um, Looking at the matchup from the beginning of the season, Michigan State historically is always a tough team to play. Um, you know, Tom Izzo just always consistently fields a good team, a good uh, competitive team in the Big Ten. Um, usually is primed to make a nice run into the NCAA tournament. Um, they've had some some good Final Four runs. So I always expect Michigan State to uh, kind of come in as the, as the favorite team. I knew that Penn State was uh, building on a lot of great stuff from last year with Micah Shrewsbury. So I would 
you know, probably have guessed that Michigan State would be the favorite, but I do know, um, and mostly just because you told me that uh, Michigan State actually up, uh, suffered a, an upset recently, um, along with a couple of other Big Ten teams. So who knows? Maybe that's thrown a little bit of the uh, kind of the equilibrium of the Big Ten into a little bit of uh, dysfunction. Yeah, this uh, th- this conference is just insanely good. You, we did lose eight to six in the ACC challenge. Uh, there were a lot of you know close losses there, Penn State including them. Like if they win that overtime game, then all of a sudden it's seven seven, and you know a couple other things go our way. You know we, we keep that big uh, winning streak in, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge alive. That that didn't happen, but you had some crazy things. Nebraska, which is probably the one of the you know cellar dwellers in the conference, they just upset number ten Creighton by ten points in their house, like. Utterly insane. You had um, Northwestern who just lost to Pitt. Um, you just, you know, beat Michigan State in their house. That that almost never happens. And yeah, this this conference is crazy because Northwestern is one of one of those teams that I expected to be at the bottom, and here they are starting off their their Big Ten slate, just taking the Spartans down in their house. Like, right, insane. Yeah, so top to bottom this has to be the best conference in, in college basketball. Like I, I know things didn't go our way in the, the big 10 ACC challenge, but this conference is absolutely insane. Uh, any game is going to be an exciting game. Uh, I, I saw that Northwestern was close. I, I turned it on. I was really impressed, um, you know, by both teams, both teams look like uh, legitimate teams. Uh, you saw teams that had good length and, uh, I think this is going to be a big challenge for Penn State. Uh, they have a lot of guys that are 6'8", six, 6'9", six, around that height. And most of our guys are around the 6'4", to 6'6", six, six range. So, you know, they're they're not only taller, but, you know, the wider wingspans. Uh, Jalen Pickett is not going to have as easy of a time backing guards down into the post just because, you know, you know similar size or bigger than him. So... Uh, Penn State is going to have to get really creative. They will have to knock down a lot of three-pointers to win this game. Uh, that, that's what you got to do if, if your team is on the smaller side when you're playing uh, an opponent with a lot of size. Uh, uh, Michigan State has a lot of different guys that can hurt you. Uh, one is uh, you know the forward Hauser and Brooks off the bench who gets a lot of minutes. Uh, those two are r- really good shooters. You got Tyson Walker, you know, who leads the way at the point guard position. You got AJ Hogard. Uh, they, they call him the, the maestro uh, on the telecast just because he organizes that that whole offense and gets them running. He has a, a lot of assists per game. You know, really good player out of uh, Coatesville, PA. So this is a team that has a lot of experience. They're well coached in Tom Izzo. They have a lot of size. Uh, this is a game that Penn State is going to have to do some work on the glass. And Michigan State, even with the, a lot of good size, a lot of guys that are 6'8", six, 6'9", six, they did get out-rebounded by Northwestern. Now, uh, if if we hit a situation where you know we just are able to play big and Kebajai has a great game, uh, that is going to be really crucial in Penn State staying competitive uh, with the Spartan team because – Keba is, the, is really the only guy we have along with Demetrius Lilly, but he's only played a couple minutes this season. You know, doesn't really have that experience and just isn't ready yet. So this is going to be a really difficult test 
to see how our bigs uh, mark up, match up with their forwards. Good stuff. And how do you think some of the crazy upsets and results in the Big Ten, how do you think that's going to impact Penn State when it comes time for NCAA tournament selection? And let's say that they get a couple of these wins over some historically good Big Ten squads. Do you think that some of the upsets that they've suffered to some lower ranked teams might negatively impact Penn State? I really do think it could because Penn State has only played two games against Power Fives, and that was Virginia Tech and Clemson. And they lost both those games. Now, they lost it by two points and then double overtime. So, you know, as a spectator of this basketball team, do I think they're a bad team because of that? No. But the college uh, basketball selection committee, they, they don't care about how many points you lost by. They They care that a loss is a loss. And that's something that they are going to stack up in the resume and they count the number of quad one wins you have, quad two, quad three, so on and so forth. So I, I do think, you know, it, depending on how Big Ten play goes. Now, if you see Penn State in the, the top five of the Big Ten standings, they're they're obviously going to make it. But if they if they have a, a bubble team, if they're one of those bubble teams, then, you know, that loss early in the season might make the difference between the NCAA tournament and the uh, NIT. Right, right. Uh, so if you had to pick right now between Penn State and Michigan State, who do you got? So this is is a team we beat last year at home. Uh, the the officiating was really poor. I, I think this was, this was the only game where Coach Shrewsbury got a technical foul that that I can recall watching mm. last year. Okay, and the team the team really responded to that and and they closed out. And I, I think they won by a two, not two, but like four or six points, something like that. So they they were down by a lot, and then they came back and won. When they were on the road at Michigan State, uh, I think they lost by a lot. I think they might have lost by 16, if my me- my memory serves me correctly from last year. So, you know, this is a, a really good program. They they got a lot of veteran guys. Uh, they have a lot of size. However, we're, we're also led by a lot of good veteran players. And I think this is going to be a tough battle in the BJC, along with all these other Big Ten games we have. Uh, Minnesota, I think, is the, the only team where uh, I don't think they're going to be quite as good. Penn State did split with them last year, but I, I think they're probably going to be at the bottom. But right now when you have Northwestern beating Michigan State and Nebraska beating top 10 teams on the road, like who knows what can ha- happen in this uh, crazy basketball conference. Right, right. So uh, are there any particular points that you're looking for Penn State to do in this game? Any things you're, you're looking for them to do to win? Well, I think it's... Uh... For me, I'd just really like to see an improvement in the three-point shooting percentage because I think you had mentioned that uh, their percentage in the game against Clemson where they lost in double OT uh, was um, irregularly uh, low. So, you know, I think it'd be great to see them pick that back up because I think that they're at their best when they're moving the ball around, finding that open look and and uh, really capitalizing on those opportunities. Uh, just seems like the offense just obviously is clicking way more when that's happening and uh, they have to rely a little bit less on being kind of that clamp down defense. So I'd really like to see that um, because I think that Michigan State is just going to look to kind of impose their will as a perennial Big Ten powerhouse. So you know, I think that would uh, do really or that would serve them really well to kind of weather the storm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Three-point shooting is going to be the most important thing in this game. 
the percentage was was not good enough against Clemson. It, it was in the low 30s. Uh, that that's not good enough for Penn State basketball to win, especially when they are more of an undersized team. Uh, Jalen Pickett is going to have to put this team on this on his back. He he's the main guy we look to for uh, dribble penetration. Cam Winter can do that a little bit too, but uh, Jalen is is definitely the best at it, and uh, it's going to be a lot harder to hit three pointers uh, if they don't move the basketball. So if they get some dribble penetration, move the ball and make those extra passes they need to make to get some open catch-and-shoot threes. That is definitely their their best uh, odds to win this basketball game. Uh, however, it, it's going to be difficult. This uh, Spartan team has a lot of length at a lot of different positions, you know, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, so they, they can guard multiple positions. Uh, so they'll be, able, they'll be able to switch on screens, and, you know, maybe that creates some more favorable, mat, favorable matchups. Uh, for guys like Seth Lundy, uh, maybe he can take some some of the slower guys off of the drive. Uh, so yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be a battle. I do think the length is going to give us a hard time. Um, I, I'll say Spartans uh, sixty eight to sixty four. I think it'll it'll be a, a close one and a heartbreaker uh, to open up the season. What do you think, Andrew? Can we get past the Spartans? Yeah, sure. Why not? Give me uh, seventy to sixty two Penn State. 70, 62. I, I, I like those numbers. Um, <laughs> so we do our communion predictions for football. I think, I think we should try to keep it rolling with basketball. Uh, give, give me a fun communion prediction. Jalen Pickett is going to have a, um, a double, double game with 30 points, 30 points. Yep. That, that, that's a good one. Uh, my communion prediction also Includes Jalen Pickett. So I include Jalen Pickett and Miles Dredd. They were 0 of 13 combined for three. My communion prediction is that you will see them shooting at least 50% from the three point line nice. uh, against the Spartans. Cool. So I think those guys will step up. And another thing that Penn State does have going their way is they play really well in the BJC. Uh, last year, we only had a couple losses there. Uh, Purdue, we played close. Michigan, we played close. Uh, Nebraska was their really only big game where they got blown out of the water. But, you know, we, we did beat Michigan State at home last year. We beat Indiana at home, who's in the top 10 right now. So this is uh, definitely a team that can win at home. Uh, they're well-rested after their trip to Clemson. They've had a whole week off of no games and Michigan State just had a you know a tough emotional battle against Northwestern on Sunday, and you know we kind of had the same thing with Clemson, and you know Michigan State is a team that is trending down a little bit. They've lost two in a row. Notre Dame just you know blew the doors off of them. They beat them by 18 points in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and then Michigan State comes back to lose at home. Uh, they lost to Gonzaga early in the season by one. That was their other loss, and Gonzaga's not looking quite as good as they did in the preseason. So I definitely do think that this Penn state team can beat Michigan state. Definitely worth turning on the TV and it's going to be a battle. Good stuff. And you're going to be attending as always, right? Yeah, as always, I got my season tickets really excited about uh, my first year being a season ticket holder. And, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, good things with uh, big 10 basketball this year and Penn state. Awesome, man. Uh, great notes. So uh, what else do you got on your slate? Uh, that's all I got. Uh, anything else you want to cover? Yeah. Did you see the, uh, the field for the Heisman trophy finalists? 
Uh, I did not. Who Who is the uh, Heisman field uh, made up of? So the four players that are going to be going to New York are Caleb Williams from USC, Max Duggan from TCU, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, and Stetson Bennett from Georgia. So we got four quarterbacks uh, who are the finalists for the Heisman. Uh, those are those are some good guys. Uh, who do you think is going to win that game or that uh, trophy? Excuse me. I think. I think I'd probably give it to Caleb Williams. I mean, to be completely honest, I I wasn't. I think the past two years has kind of been a bit of a slump in terms of like the Heisman Trophy race, as it were. Because I don't know, maybe we were just so spoiled with great Heisman Trophy races, like uh, you know, like your Derrick Henrys versus Christian McCaffrey's, and yet Deshaun Watson versus um, I forget who who it was at the time, but you know, you had all these like really great um, Heisman races where these guys were just invincible. They were winning every game. They were putting up mind blowing stats. And so maybe we've just become too accustomed to it. I mean, I think that Caleb Williams has been just absolutely incredible, but you know, he hasn't like blown me away like some um, Heisman quarterbacks in the past, but again, uh, but you know, I'd, I'd still say that out of the four of those guys, I'd probably still give it to him. Yeah, I, for me, it would definitely be between Caleb Williams and C.J. Stroud out of those four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, see, seeing uh, Ohio State get blown out by home at home by Michigan, that, that doesn't exactly scream Heisman. And uh, I do feel like Caleb Williams had a lot of those just wow plays where he was just able to extend it in the pocket so long and right. find guys open way down the field. And USC had that really explosive offense and you know, you could tell that he was playing injured in that Pac-12 championship game and, you know, just not having that mobility really impacted his play. So and I think uh, another another think- like interesting aspect of Caleb Williams relative impact to USC is that, you know, you saw what that team is when Caleb Williams is not anywhere near healthy. Like they're a pretty average team when Caleb Williams is not doing his thing, scrambling around, just throwing incredible across the body passes and stuff like that. So, you know, in a weird way, it's like, you saw just how valuable and how talented he was by how much the team just kind of crumbled around him. Yeah, he just lifted that entire program up with uh, Coach Lincoln Riley. Uh, they got Jordan Jordan Addison to come over from Pitt and uh-huh. some other skill position players, and you know he was just like a magnet that just resurrected this USC program within yeah. the span of a year. And you know, I'm sure uh, their fans are really disappointed to you know lose to Utah again in the in the Pac-12 championship. But uh, yeah, so this is a and and uh, Ohio State they they were the same team last year as they were the year before and uh, you know Caleb Williams lifted uh, them so that's what Heisman's do they just lift the team and carry them on on their back so I, I do think Caleb winners K- Caleb Williams does have <laughs> to be the the winner for for this right. award. Yeah. So here's a here's a fun hypothetical question. If Caleb Williams does not injure himself in that game, so it's uh, the report is that he injured his hamstring on that really long run where he ran for what it was like 50 or so yards. Um, if he stays healthy, do you think they win that game? Uh, I don't know if they win that game just because Utah's defense was so good and they controlled the ball well. Uh, however, I, I do not think it's it, it w- would be the blowout that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of one of those. Uh, Sad what ifs, because I think that uh, they're going to have Caleb for one more year to make another run, and then he's he's probably off to the NFL himself. Yeah, he definitely has a lot of talent. Really reminds you a lot of uh, Kyler Murray, you know, back in his Oklahoma days, uh, you know, and where Caleb originally was before he transferred over to USC. So uh, definitely you see a lot of that game there. And uh, 
he has he has a lot of the talent to be an NFL quarterback, especially when nowadays they're looking for guys who can be mobile, like uh, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, two uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, those guys who can move, extend the pocket. Josh Allen, he can move really well, and so you know, I, I think he has a good shot to do well in the NFL draft. And yeah years to come yeah agreed agreed uh so i don't have anything else man uh you think we're ready to head out yeah if you'd like to support the pod please tell your friends follow us on twitter facebook and instagram if you enjoy the show please leave a five-star review so that other nittany lion fans like you can find us interested in new episodes you can subscribe on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified thank you for listening and we want to remind you that we are the nittany blues podcast see you next time